Welcome back to the Purpose and Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Sato, and today we are going to continue our conversation about how to leverage your theory of change. So last week, I walked you through what theory of change is, why I think it's important, and gave you a practical example using my own business of what a theory of change is. Today, I want to talk about two things. One is how do we use this on a practical level from a business strategy perspective, and then roll that into your 90-day planning. I'll also talk about why I think 90-day planning is so important and so powerful. So to recap, your theory of change is essentially the thought process you're using to sort of reverse engineer the ultimate impact you want to create in the world. So we look at what is the desired change or your long-term goal. Then we break that down into what has to happen in order to make that desired change actually become a reality. I also like to note what assumptions I'm making in that process because those assumptions become critical when it comes to dealing with obstacles and other things later down the road. We then look at what are the things that we need to do in order to make those outcomes or those you know, activities become a reality. We look at what do we need to do to bring that all to life. And then lastly, of course, is what are your measures of success? So your theory of change is sort of encapsulated into those five things, impact, outcomes, assumptions, activities, or the things that you need to do, and then, of course, success. But once you have that, what do you do with it? Right? That's the question I get a lot from people. The next logical place is to look at the way in which you are doing business. So as you know, I have carved out a niche for myself by providing consulting services largely tailored to female entrepreneurs and women-led businesses with a social mission. And that allows me, of course, to address gender-specific barriers in the business sector, as well as contributing to larger social change in that gender space for my clients, which is part of what sets me apart from my competitors. And practically, this means that I offer guidance in three different areas. One of those is business growth strategy. And that's because I know that in order to grow a successful and profitable business, you have to have a structure and a strategy for having both impact and growing the revenue that you need in order to function in the business. I know that you have to have strong positioning in the marketplace, and that includes looking at your pricing and the messaging that goes with it. And you have to have a sales system that enables you to do that. That is all rooted in your growth strategy and your overarching business strategy. So that's one area that I have created products and services that align with my larger impact mission. I also do work in team development, and that's because businesses are rarely run by just one person. Yes, in the early days, we are running businesses largely by ourselves, 
But as the business grows, as the scope of our work increases and the desired impact starts to amplify, we need other people in order to help us do that. So the work I do around how do you bring the right people into your business? How do you coach and develop them while also growing your leadership ability, your leadership authority, your expertise? How does that all work together? I have a whole service offering around that. And then lastly, I know that in order to support female business owners, we have to have operations that allow us to increase our time and our revenue. And we do that by streamlining our businesses. So on a practical level, this is really focused on looking at or in some cases creating, if we don't have one, a business operating system around, you know, how we manage our financials, how we consistently get in front of new audiences and bring people into the business, how we leverage technology and automation and other things to create more efficiency, which ultimately frees us up to be more effective as both a leader and a person who is leading and growing the business, right? This is also where I think we can start to leverage some of that really important thought leadership. So in addition to the consulting work that I do, I'm also engaging on topics related to those gender specific ideas. So I hope you're starting to get a picture of when you are clear on what that theory of change is and how you are going to use your business to move the needle forward on whatever your particular issue or service um, plan happens to be, then you can make sure that the services that you are putting out into the market align and allow you to do that, right? The other part of this that I think is really important, and I mentioned this before, is our thought leadership. Many of you know that I am very much involved in the TEDx community, and that's because I believe strongly in those big ideas, right? That big impact that we're trying to to address that is rooted in this. Um, And so that advocacy and that awareness that we get to engage in, again, is in alignment with this larger thing that we're trying to do and create in the world. So in my case, I am out there talking about women in business. I'm talking about issues that uniquely impact us, hence the work around menstrual equity. Talking about female entrepreneurship and the unique challenges that go with that. All of this serves as a real life demonstration of my commitment to the larger goals that I'm passionate about. So this is a really great opportunity for you to think about, are you advocating and talking about the things that are really important to your business and addressing sort of those systemic things that are beneath the surface that allow your business and your clients to grow and thrive in a more effective way? The other part of this that I think is really important is making sure that when you map out that theory of change, that you have some way to determine whether or not the strategy that you've created is actually effective. And I talk a lot about the power of CEO time and some of these other techniques I use to 
measure and monitor the effectiveness and the growth of the business. This is all rooted in making sure that my actions and the things I'm doing in the business are actually, again, moving the needle. So for example, I am tracking, of course, the revenue pieces of the business. Am I on target to hit my revenue goals? I'm tracking my client growth, meaning am I bringing people into the business who are the right fit, who are, you know, going to allow me to do my best work and for them to be able to do their best work. I'm looking at cash flow. I'm looking at sales data. I'm looking at email list and social media growth. Like all of these are data points that tell me, or at least give me some insight into, am I effectively closing the gap and taking on activities that are actually going to help me create the most impact and get me closer to my long-term goal. The next step from there, right, that all forms your larger business strategy. And you can see the connection between that and your theory of change. So what happens on the day-to-day? Because the sales activity, the offers, all of that is embedded in there, but it's not like the day-to-day actions. And that's where 90-day planning comes into play. So if you're not familiar, 90-day planning is the process of breaking down your long-term business goals into actionable steps that you can achieve within a 90-day time frame. So think of it as, you know, we've got four quarters in a year, 12-week increments. Um, and honestly, for the last probably five or six years, I have really been focused on breaking down my larger goals because this is a, these are often huge problems that we're solving, breaking that down into 90-day increments. And there are a lot of reasons for that, which I'll, I'll talk about in a second. But I think the key here is that when you have these 90-day blocks, it allows you to be focused on something that seems manageable It allows you to be more flexible and agile when the environment around you changes, right? There's nothing worse than having like a big 12-year, 12-month plan and then some big event, let's just use COVID as an example, completely throws everything into upheaval. So that's where we can leverage having a 90-day plan that allows us to shift and adapt as things around us change. So... 90-day planning works because, like I said, it gives you the agility and the flexibility to grow, pivot, you know, where necessary. It's also a little bit psychological in that, and especially if you were in corporate, you'll you'll resonate with this, we would set these year-long goals. And quite frankly, we might have a half-year check-in. And then we would be looking at them in November and for many of us kind of scrambling to make sure that we could actually check the boxes. And the reality is we weren't really working to the plan. We were doing what came our way and it became sort of this dusty thing that sat on the shelf. So the 90 day plan allows you to really be strategic 
and take those goals and the things that you know you need to do in your business, right? So that business strategy piece and make sure that you are on track every step of the way or to course correct when something doesn't go right. So how do we, how do we do this practically? This is probably one of my favorite exercises. I actually really thrive on 90 day planning because it's tangible. And, you know, in a lot of our businesses, the work we're doing often feels intangible. So this is something that we can really sink our teeth into. So the first step, obviously, is taking a look at what you want to accomplish. For most of us, that is over the course of a year. For some of us, if we have longer term goals, we do need to kind of chunk those down into big pieces and then further subdivide it. So in my case, like I said, I'm really looking largely at what do I want to accomplish in the next year and how does that fit into the bigger picture? And then, and I know you're probably going to cringe. I'm a little bit cringy saying it. We do need to get smart with those goals, right? We do need to make sure that what we're doing in that 90 day block of time is really specific. We know how to articulate what it is. We know what success looks like around it, meaning it's measurable. We know how to achieve it and that it is in fact achievable. And I don't mean achievable in the sense of it has to be 100% done in those 90 days, but we have to be able to keep the ball rolling down the court in order to feel like it is in fact achievable, right? Big grandiose ideas are nebulous. They are by definition difficult to achieve. But when we break these things down into steps, then all of a sudden they do feel more achievable. The other thing, you know, the time bound piece on the the T and the smart is happening because it's 90 days. Um, The relevant piece, and I think this is important, is that piece where you get to do that little bit of alignment check. Is this relevant to the business? Is this relevant to my theory of change and what I'm trying to do? Is this relevant to the impact that I really want to create? Why am I doing it? And that's a a really important question that I think we don't ask ourselves enough, right? I have been guilty many times of having a goal. I put it on the plan and I think I want it. In fact, I know I want it maybe at some point, but I can't really articulate why I want it or why now. And so your 90-day plan should really be clear in your mind as to the whys and the what's that need to happen. I don't like to get too bogged down in the hows until I'm moving into that problem-solving mode, right? So once you've identified those targets, you know, those 90-day pieces, um, sort of those big puzzle pieces, then you can move into the how, like how am I actually going to do it? What are the action steps I need to take? And this allows you to start to plot out, okay, well, in week one, I need to do these things. In week two, I need to do these things and so on. So that you're never waking up on a Monday morning, scratching your head, wondering what the heck am I supposed to be doing now? One of the things I I would be remiss if I didn't address is how do we fit marketing and sales into the 90-day plan? And I think this is critical because for many of us, marketing and sales is a little bit of an afterthought. 
we don't think of it as something that is integrated into the 90-day plan. And I can tell you that once I started to think about the entire client attraction system from getting in front of brand new people who don't know me to bringing them into the pipeline where I can you know, build a relationship, enhance that know, like, and trust with them, and then invite them to engage in my product or service, all of a sudden, once that was woven into the strategy and was part of my operating rhythm, it created more consistency in the business. It created more revenue in the business and took some of that kind of crazy pressure off to constantly be trying to figure out okay, how am I going to market my business? How am I going to sell? What am I going to sell? It's all woven in. So some questions that you can be asking yourself are, how do I plan to get in front of new audiences in the next 90 days? If it's easier for you to think about this in terms of monthly increments or even weekly increments, definitely do that. How am I going to connect with those people? How am I going to get them on my email list or at least in my social media spaces where my ultimate goal is to move them onto my email list. How am I going to cultivate the relationship with them? Right, That know, like, and trust is essential to growing the business. How am I going to invite them to work with me? And the underlying question here is what am I selling? You know, If you have one service offering, then the answer is always clear. But if you have several different service offerings, what's the roadmap for how those fall on the calendar so that you can back it up and think about what you need to do in order to consistently invite people and make those kinds of sales. And then the last part, and I think this is really important, is how do we bring them into the business? How do we onboard them and really give them a great client experience once they have agreed that, yes, this is a path I want to take. I really want to work with you. How do we move them into our ecosystem and allow them to really thrive in their working relationship with them? So that is, you know, those considerations are essential and should be a part of your 90-day plan. Some things I want to throw out just as a, a last little bit in terms of tips for making this whole transition from big picture theory of change to how you align your products and services and really create a really robust business model and a business strategy to running the business on the day-to-day with your 90-day plan is to not think about it as I have to get all the answers mapped out at one time. Hands down, strategic planning can feel overwhelming. Many, many times I have run strategic planning workshops and people just like their brains start to explode because they're just feeling way too overwhelmed. So I really encourage you to think about these steps and these pieces to the puzzle in small chunks. So just like we broke the 90-day plan into small chunks, we're doing that with all these big rocks, right? We are thinking about the theory of change in pieces. We're thinking about our business strategy in pieces. We're building the 90-day plan in pieces because we want to give ourselves and our brains time to really be thoughtful and strategic and intentional about how all this fits together. So this may take you a week 
two weeks, a month to really get yourself into a place where you can allow all that creativity to flow for you can really start to dissect what you believe, why you believe it, how you think you're going to get there, and then what that looks on a really practical level. So take it in small doses. Don't get stressed out over this. And look, if this is an area where you struggle, where you overwhelm easily, talk, reach out. I would love to support you in that because this is, it's easier to have someone walking alongside you when you're doing it, right? That's why I have a coach. I encourage other people to get people in their, in their, you know, support system that can help them do this, you know, in a very simplistic, streamlined kind of way. The other thing that is essential here is consistency. I've spoken a lot about consistency, both on the blog, on social media, here, and consistency and taking action are your best friends, right? So when we are in overwhelm, we tend to hunker down, or at least that's what I do. We hunker down and we don't take action. And then we go into sort of like, you know, fight or flight and we become inconsistent in the way in which we show up and the way in which we serve. And so really breaking these things down in pieces and then taking it bit by bit is going to serve you really well. I would much rather you do less consistency, consistently, I should say, than more inconsistently, right? Less consistently is better than more inconsistently. So really think about your bandwidth, your capacity, what you know about yourself and how you like to work and factor that into this process. And then the last thing I will say here is, and I mentioned this earlier, CEO time. This is your weekly time where you are kind of stepping out of the business and looking down on what you have built and making sure that everything is still in good working order. It is, of all the things that you could do for your business, probably one of the most important because it gives you insight into what's happening, what are the trends that you're noticing. This is where I bring in those metrics and I'm looking at those every single week. All of that data gives you the power you need to make decisions. And it probably goes without saying here, but I'm going to say it anyway. Your CEO time should also consist of you looking at your financials, looking at your cash flow so that you're not just willy-nilly spending just because you have money in the bank, but more importantly, you're making strategic decisions about where your money is going to go, where it's coming from, what you need to do to ramp up if you are client pipeline is looking a little empty or is going to empty out, right? All of that is essential information and it requires dedicated time on your calendar. So really consider putting CEO time as a weekly practice for you and for your business. So I hope that this has been helpful. I hope that you have seen the importance of having a theory of change in order to ground your business and also the role that having that theory of change plays in how you communicate your mission, your big idea, and 
sort of the priorities of the way in which you do your work. I hope that you have seen how you can take that theory of change and make sure that your business strategy is supporting that work. That all of the things that you're doing in the business, everything from your operations, your strategy, um, your marketing and sales, all of it is aligned so that the actions you take make sense. And that lastly, you have a solid 90-day plan that will allow you to execute and make sure that you are moving your business forward and that you are able to create the most impact and have the most success with those long-term goals. If you are struggling to build out your theory of change, the linkage to your business strategy, or the practical 90-day plan, let's talk. I offer 30-minute strategy sessions to help you figure out your next best step. And if that feels right to you, I would love to help you do that. So I will leave you as I always do with be bold, be brave, and go make an impact.